Come on, let's worship him today. Come on, let's give him praise all across this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and give God glory this, this night. Hallelujah. God, we give you great praise and glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's give him praise today. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, hallelujah. David would say, when I consider the heavens and the works that your hands have made, what is man or who is man that you are even mindful of him or the son of man that you would even visit him? Amen. But I want to tell you here today, we got something even, even more of a quandary than David even had. Amen. What is man that you would indwell him with the power of the Holy Ghost? I think that's something worth worshiping God about. Amen. That we don't just, amen, know God as some, uh, some being out there, amen, in the eternal realm. But we can have God on the inside of us. Amen. That God would look at you and I and say, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I want to tabernacle with them. I want to indwell them. I want to walk with them and in them and be their God. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't we clap our hands on the Lord one more time in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Man, what a powerful move of God we had on Sunday. Amen. Aren't you thankful for moments like that where God moves in and uh, he confirms things? I really do believe. I texted Brother Johnson today and I said, I, I really believe that God's taking our church to another spiritual level. Does anybody believe that with me? Amen. Now with every old phrase that preaches pretty good for every new level, there's a new devil. Amen. But there's also new blessings. And so I want to encourage the church that anytime we have an encounter with God and a move like we had on Sunday, I want you to let your spiritual antenna go up. Amen. And, and, and your shield of faith get, get ready and your sword of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, it's, it's often in a time of, of great victory that we almost feel like David, that we can stay home from the battle because of how Good things are going, but those are often the times when we, we need to be the most vigilant. Amen. That's when we need to have our we we need to have our ears perked to what the Spirit is saying to the church. And uh, I believe God's going to speak to us through this revival. I believe God's preparing, Amen, our hearts and uh, all that we've been teaching and preaching over the last little bit. I believe that God is confirming His word, and I want to continue to do that here tonight and to hopefully be a blessing. Uh, to those of us that are here and those that are online uh, listening and watching. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 5. And then we're also going to be going to the book of Psalms chapter 24 and verse number 3. So Matthew chapter 5 and 8 and Psalms 23, 4 through 4. Amen. I honor you for coming here tonight and being in the presence of the Lord and worshiping together. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. The Bible says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Anybody want to see God? I want to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now flip open about the middle of your Bible. Psalms chapter 24 and verse number 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands. Now that's not talking about washing your hands, although that's a great application. Amen. Blessed, blessed be Purell. Amen. But it is talking about uh, a, a clean cleanness to you as, as part of your spirit. And a pure heart who has not lifted up their soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. And I want to teach to us for a few moments on this subject here today, on this subject, purity. Purity. 
Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Would you lift up your hands and your hearts today? We want to see you, Jesus. Come on, if that's your prayer today. We want to see you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We want to stand in your presence. We want to continue to stand in your presence like we did on Sunday. But, Lord, we want to do it on Wednesday night. We want to do it on Monday morning. We want to do it on Friday afternoon. We want to do it 24-7, 365, 52 weeks a year, God. We want to stand in your presence, God. And we know that it's going to take purity. God, help me to teach this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Purity. When we hear the word purity, we usually assume that we are about to have a conversation with some unwed teenagers. And everybody said amen. We think that maybe we are going to be talking about uh, things in hushed tones because we don't want to embarrass anybody. Maybe we are considering morality in general. But I've come today to talk to you about purity from a, a more broad spectrum. I want to tell us here today that holiness starts with purity. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that. Holiness starts with purity. Purity, if I could define it out, simply means not mixed or adulterated with any other substance or material. Some, some synonyms that maybe will help us understand the word that goes beyond just morality and, uh, and, and to other subjects in which we have delved into in the past. Clear. To be pure is to be clear. Straightforward. Unadulterated. Everybody say real. Everybody say genuine. Refined. Uncontaminated undiluted everybody say authentic flawless true unblended clarified distilled down filtered out immaculate amen turn to your wife and say fine amen everybody say purified unclouded unmingled Everybody say 100%. Everybody say 24 carat. That's purity. We are called to be pure. Amen. If we look through the Bible, we will find that purity is an important subject that goes beyond just sexuality and just beyond uh, even basic morality. If we were to look in Leviticus chapter 24, we will find that there was a mandate for purity in the tabernacle. In verse number 2, we find that the olive oil had to be pure. It had to be so pure that it wasn't just olive oil that came any old way, but the Bible says it was beaten for the light's sake. Another way of, of defining this out is that it was the first drop of oil that came after being lightly crushed and pressed. Amen. It wasn't what came after a, uh, a difficult pressing and after uh, much time pressing, but the first few drops were what were considered to be pure oil. In verse number 4, the Bible tells us that the lamps had to be attached to golden candlesticks, but these golden candlesticks had to come not just from 13-carat uh, gold or just from, amen, 10-carat or 18-carat gold, but it had to be pure golden candlesticks. In verse number 5, they had to use fine or pure flour for the cakes that were to be baked. And verse number 6 tells us that they took these cakes and they set them on a table of pure gold. Verse number 7 tells us that they had to put pure frankincense oil on the pure bread that was to be on the pure table next to the pure candlestick that was filled by the pure oil, by the pure priests who were wearing pure, amen, garments in the pure presence of God. 
Amen. Church, I want you to know that holiness begins, amen, with purity. There has got to be an authenticity. There has got to be a genuineness to, amen, holiness. It cannot be mixed or adulterated. It cannot, amen, be contaminated. It cannot be diluted down. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be, amen, everything that God has called it to be. It's got to stay immaculate. It's got to be purified. It can't be mingled, amen. It's got to stay 100%. And somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. Church, we are called to be holy, but our holiness is not to be adulterated. It is not to be contaminated with this present evil world. Amen. As we look through the Bible, we will find that this purity goes a little further. Many have misunderstood, amen, much of Leviticus, and some have used it, amen, as a way to explain why they are living lifestyles that they are living. They've used Leviticus as an excuse. Amen. Leviticus 19 and 19, God has laws about not sowing mingled seed in the same field. And amen, he even talks about not wearing mixed fabrics. And many have used this as an excuse to why they can live in alternative lifestyles. But I want to tell you that's bad logic at best because if anything, we ought to keep all of those laws and the moral laws, amen. Uh, because ultimately, what, he's be what is really being said there is God is declaring that he wants there to be a cleanness. He wants there to be a clearness. He wants there to be a distinction, amen. He wants there to be a purity. Jesus would talk about this in a New Testament context, helping us to understand what the Old Testament law was written for. He said that the enemy came in and he sowed some tares among the wheat. The problem with tares is you don't know what is wheat and what is tares until it's fully grown up. Amen. And the way you know, amen, what is wheat and what is tares is that the tares will stand completely erect. Uh, amen. But the wheat, by the weight of the fruit that it's been growing, will bow itself in time of harvest. Uh, amen. Jesus was letting them know that you got to know what's in your field. you got to know what's growing in your life. Life. You can't allow it to become mingled with other things where we think part of you is Christian, but part of you is not. Amen. Part of you is apostolic, but part of you is full of the devil. Part of you, amen, is full of holiness, but the other part of you is full of hatred for other people. I want to tell you that he doesn't want any tears in his field. He wants it to be unmingled. He wants it to be 100%. Church, we are called to holiness but we are called to pure holiness. We are called to a purity, amen, that goes beyond, amen. It's to be uncontaminated. It's to be unblended. It's to be refined down to its very core. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise here today. Hallelujah. Amen, that purity goes all the way through the Bible. You will find that Nadab and Abihu, which were sons of Aaron, they were killed because they brought strange fire into the presence of the Lord. What was strange about it? I'll tell you what was strange is that it did not come from the altar. Amen. It was flames and fire that was not taken from the altar. It was not purified at the altar. Amen, which lets us know a few things. Number one, God doesn't want, amen, a, an impure sacrifice. Amen. He wants your worship to be pure. The Bible says that he, the Father seeketh such to worship him. Those that worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, in spirit and in purity. It's not enough just to come and lift your hands, but there's got to be a purity of spirit. For my Bible would tell me that, amen, that those that are pure in heart, they are going to be the ones that see God. Amen. We've got to make sure that our sacrifice has become purified, that God is not searching for an impure sacrifice. Amen. But also that lets us know something about the altar. The altar is a place where you can be purified. 
Amen. The altar can take, amen, something dirty like an animal and turn it into a sacrifice. It can take something as dirty as blood, amen, and turn it into redemption, amen. I want you to know that we don't sacrifice animals anymore, but we have a sacrifice in what Jesus did, and that sacrifice was 100%. It was 24 karat gold, amen. It was pure. It was a pure sacrifice, and you and I can come to the altar and have anything purified. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of, of Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Amen. This is a subject that's exciting to me. I'm trying not to preach it, but I could. There's a lot of things there that we really need sometimes to be taught and some things we need to have preached into us. Amen. We need to be a genuine apostolic church. Amen. Not just, amen, in how we look, but in our purity of spirit as well. Amen. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. We're going to stay there for a minute. We're going to read all the way to chapter 2 and verse 15. But I want, to, I want to help us understand this here today. The Bible says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient. And unto every good work, reprobate. We're going to continue on in these verses in a moment. But I want to talk about this, this idea or this concept that the apostle is writing about. Unto the pure, all things are pure. There is a level of purity that we have got to have. The Bible would tell us that, that blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There is a purity that helps you and I regardless of the standpoint we, have, we are coming into the kingdom from, amen, regardless of our paradigm and our vantage point, that when we come into this gospel, when we come into this kingdom, there is a purity that hits us that now we can see God at work in areas that we could not see God at work, amen, that when we see other people, we at one time who were lost and undone, having our conscience, amen, turned inside out. And we'll probably talk about the conscience uh, here in a little while, amen, maybe, amen, a few services from now. But, but our conscience being defiled, we would look at people, amen, maybe from some of the paradigms we come from, if I could say it from my own, amen, vantage point. Uh, I would see people and I would often ask the question, what are they going to get out of this? Hallelujah. What's in it for them? What, what are they doing? Amen. What, what is this going to cost me? Amen. Is there anything I need to be worried about or afraid about? See, that's not discernment. That's suspicion. Hallelujah. And you can look at somebody, and I remember coming to church, and I saw people being kind to me and nice to me, and I thought to myself, what are they going to get out of this? And, and there was a defiled spirit that went with that, and there was an impurity that went with it. When I saw other people, I did not see them the way that God had intended me to see them, but I looked at them, and there was nothing pure. And you can see the best intentions and somehow find some suspicious activity there, and you can see see the best of people and you can find something wrong about them and you always know what's wrong in the church because there's something about a defiled conscience where nothing in your mind is pure to a thief everybody's a thief to a liar everybody's a liar when you have not got purity in your spirit Amen. You will look at everybody else through that, that defiled lens, and now you will see everybody else through that lens. Amen. Uh, and and I, I've seen it many, many times where people, they, 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 they live on their limp. Amen. And everything comes from that brokenness, and everything comes from that limp. Amen. Everything comes from that uh, pity, if you will. And, and everybody is seen, amen, as, as trying to hurt them. Amen. They have a conscience that's defiled, and, and nothing is pure to them anymore. Now everybody's trying to hurt them. Everybody's trying to get them. Amen. I know we talk about conspiracy theorists. But we got some conspiracy theorists in the church, amen, that they have allowed their mind and their spirit to become defiled so much that there is now nothing that is pure, amen. But I want to help us here today. To the pure, all things are pure. 
We are called to purity. Amen. When you are genuine, you don't worry about everybody else, whether or not they're genuine. Somebody said amen. When you're the real deal, you're not worried about whether everybody else is the real deal. Pastor, I don't know about that person. I got a little, I got a little feeling that there's something wrong with them. Uh, and, and it's always turning somebody else in because you've got the gift of suspicion. And you think you've figured out, you know, that person, they struggle with this when everybody knows that's what you struggle with. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody said amen. amen. To the impure, nothing's pure. But to those that are pure that have allowed their mind to be transformed men, by Jesus Christ. I mean, there's something beautiful about the cleansing that the Holy Ghost does. You start looking at people that maybe before you got saved, you didn't like. Amen. I want to tell you about this. There's certain people that when you got saved, you were full of hatred, bigotry, prejudiceness. Amen. Chauvinism. But when you get the Holy Ghost, there's a purity that hits you that all of a sudden now you come from a completely different vantage point. And now you don't look at people of a different ethnicity. And you don't look at people of a different gender. And you don't look at people of a different social economic status. Amen. Amen. And look down on them and look impure at them. But now you look at them and you think to yourself, that's my brother and my sister in Jesus. That's a soul that Jesus wants to win. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. Because if we allow ourselves to become impure, we now will become those that profess they know God, but in works we will deny him. Hallelujah. How you treat other people is a good indicator of your purity level. Amen. The Bible continues on. Let's, let's continue this because it's giving some definition to this. The Bible says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. And I'm not, I'm not old by any stretch of the means, but uh, I think it's important that we, we look at this. If we are going to be authentic and we are going to be pure uh, for those that are older, We've got to make sure that there are younger that can look to you and can say that is an elder. The Bible says we give honor where honor's due. If you got gray hair today, we're going to give you honor. But I learned a long time ago when I first got saved, there's a difference between an older and an elder. An elder's going to give me advice that is sound doctrine. An older is going to give me their opinion. Hallelujah. Uh, an elder I, I know is going to be very, very firm. I can lean on them. Amen. But an older is somebody that leans on everybody else. Amen. An elder is somebody who's got patience. An older is somebody who doesn't have time for anybody. An elder is somebody that I know what they believe because they live what they believe. But an older is somebody who they're wishy-washy in the faith. They're here today, gone tomorrow. Amen. I don't know whether I'm going to see them in church or not see them in church. Amen. They, they, are, they are full of love. Amen. They've got charity and patience. Amen. There's all of these good things. And I believe we got some good elders in the church of the living God. I'm very thankful for our elders. It continues on, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Again, it's talking about purity, talking about being genuine, amen, talking about being 100%, talking about being holy, amen. Uh, the Bible says that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women. It goes on to now, uh, if, we were to, if we were to ask the question, what are you teaching the next generation? I'm going to move off this because I'm not, I'm not in that culture and, and in that generation. I don't want to be rude here tonight. But I do have to tell us what the Bible says. He's writing this to a young man and telling them uh, that you got to repeat this. And he goes on and it's not time to be busybodies and not time to be false accusers. And if you're spreading rumors and not spreading the gospel, I want you to know you're not pure. You're not genuine. When you're not living according to the scriptures, and it's not behavior that becometh holiness. And somebody said, Praise God. But now there's a teaching because it's not enough just to be holy and to be 100%, but there is now an education process of showing those that are underneath you to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, 
keepers at home, to be good, to be obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. There's got to be an encouraging to the next generation to live the gospel that we have received, to live in a behavior that is becoming, amen, holiness. We've got to be, amen, pure. We've got to live in purity. We've got to live in holiness. And somebody said amen. Hit the young men for a little while. Young men, exhort to be sober-minded. I know there's time for jokes and humor. I think it's good. I think laughter is good medicine. But too much medicine is a bad thing. Somebody said praise God. Too much, too much, of, a, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. There is a, there is a level of maturity where we need to get out and we need to have some fun. We need to have a good time with one another, crack some jokes and laugh. But there is a, a soberness of mind that we've got to realize that life is real. Life is not a joke, amen, that living for God is not uh, just something we do on Sundays, but it is now something we've got to take very serious. And, and as, as, as we grow and as we increase in years, we've got to make sure that we obey the Scriptures that continues on and says, in all things. All the young men say that, in all things. Not some things. In all things. Showing yourself a pattern of good works. Hallelujah. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Don't be mingling with all of this present world. I'm just, I'm just talking to this group over here. Hallelujah. Uh, because we got some good young men here today. We got some good young people. But there is this false doctrine coming in the world. It's called humanism. It's been around for a long time. You've got to be careful that you, you abide by the gospel and by the doctrine and not just some slick person coming by with a couple alliterations to make you think that they're preaching from the Bible. Even if they're using stories of the Bible, they are not preaching sound doctrine. If they don't show you where the altar is, it's not sound doctrine. If they don't tell you how to live right, it's not sound doctrine. And everybody said, praise God. So in doctrine, show yourself uncorruptness. All the young men say gravity. gravity. That's right, gravity. Now, there's got to be, there's gotta be a, a day in every person's life. You might be young in age or young in faith or maybe in your walk with God. If we were going to talk about a walk with God maturity level, uh, there's got to be some gravity there. There comes a day where you stop being drywall and you start being a pillar. There's some purity there. Genuine, genuine, genuine. Where now you are the one that is held down in the gospel. Sincerity. That purity we're talking about here today. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that's of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. As a young pastor and as a young man, I have had this tested many times. Some people have personally tried me as best they could to try and find if they could crack me, and maybe they have, and forgive me, help me, pray for me. But, but I have got to be aware of this, that I've got to have sound speech so that there is nothing of the contrary part that, that others, that maybe they didn't have a purity of spirit, and they were testing my spirit impurely. Amen. I've got to make sure that I keep my spirit pure and I keep my heart right. When I get up to preach the word of God, I am not here to tell you what is on my nerves. I am here to tell you what God has laid on my heart. I want you to know that it is a challenge, but I must get up and, and preach and make sure that I have prayed through and purified my spirit so that when I get up, I'm not talking about what somebody has done to me or said about me or disagreed with me on, but I am getting up, and now I am not attacking individuals, but I am doing what the Bible has declared. I must be apt to teach. I must be patient. And somebody said, praise God. You know what I want? I want to be authentic. I want to be pure. I want to be genuine. I want to make sure that whatever comes across this pulpit is not hurting people, but it's helping people. God did not call me to tear you down down. God called me to build you up in Jesus. Somebody ought to give God praise here today. All right, let's move on. Exhort servants. Now let's talk about uh, where you work. Servants to be obedient to their masters. 
We're talking about being pure, being genuine. If your boss has nothing good to say about you, you're not genuinely apostolic. Hey, hallelujah. The Bible says to please them well in all things, not answering again. It's not time when you're working with your boss. I know how difficult it is. I have been in the workforce. I've had some of the worst managers you can imagine. <laughs> There's times where you want to you get back at them. But remember, the Bible has declared that if we are going to be pure, to the pure, all things are pure. Again, this is all in context. We've got to make sure that we are not uh, rebuttaling and fighting and becoming brawlers in the workplace. Coworkers are not there for you to bicker and fight with because uh, we, we, we might actually have an opportunity to win them to Jesus. And there might actually be an opportunity that through your purity of spirit, they really want what you have. And when you show up on the job and you got a smile on your face and they saw what the boss did to you, but that boss can't say anything evil about you because you're still the hardest worker there. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get a promotion. Amen. And not just in God, but I'm talking about a real promotion because now they're going to see that they're going to see your purity of spirit. They're going to see your work ethic. They're going to see that even after everything they've thrown at you, uh, that there's nothing they can say about you. I had a job when I, when I was there. I didn't party with all of the, all the people. I went to church. I demanded I was not working church days. I said, I will work for you as many hours as I need to, but I will not work on church. I said, you can fire me. That, that's my conviction. You let your convictions be your convictions. But I said, you can fire me. You can let me go. I made sure I had a savings in, in the event that they did. Uh, but I made sure I lived as best I could. And whatever I did in word or in deed, I wasn't working for the boss man. I was working for Jesus. And as hard as I would work for Jesus, I worked for the boss man. And I made sure that when they saw me, they saw my good works uh, and they saw the hard work uh, and there was times when I wanted to give up and wanted to just say back what I thought and what I really felt but I held it in and I kept a good spirit and uh, I got promotion after promotion. I got jobs above people that were more educated than me because there was something about purity. Somebody said praise God. Amen. I had one, one boss of mine when I was leaving he said I want to apologize to you. I said for what? He said, for how terribly we treated you. I said, man, ain't nothing but a thing. He said, no, no, no. We, we, we treated you so horribly because we didn't understand. And we wanted, to we wanted to test out if you really were what you said you were. Jesus said, you got to love your enemies. Pray for those which despitefully use you. And a lot of the people I work with, they had been to church before, but they'd all been burned by churches. And they said, by the time I left, they, they were begging me not to go, and they were apologizing. And, 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 and I went back years later, and they asked me, did you finally become a preacher like you always said you'd be? And I said, I'm proud to tell you that I became a preacher. They said, well, let me know next time you're preaching. Amen, I want to come to church with you. What, what was that when we allow a purity of spirit? Amen, they're going to feel that purity they're going to feel that genuineness to it somebody lift up your hands and give god praise come on this goes into every avenue of life whether you are amen at the end of your life or whether you're just starting out in your marriage or maybe you're getting your job and you're starting out god wants us to take this purity and work with it the bible continues on talking about uh, that they adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Talking to those that are working. When you are at work, your doctrine, as we talked about last week, is not just what you preach. Don't just wear an Acts 2.38 sweatshirt and think that you've got your doctrine on display. How you treat people in purity is your doctrine on display. And so you got to let that have everything. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. When you live what you believe, not half the time, not a quarter of the time, not 99%, because 99% is not pure, it's that 100. You got to live for Jesus 100. And when they see that, they're going to look at you and they're going to see Jesus in you and everybody said amen the bible says that looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity that's talking about purity 100 percent amen from all iniquity 
and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. When we get that purity, that authenticity of the Holy Ghost, God's going to use us, amen, and make us a special people. You know that coworker you got that they always, they always work for the boss like it's the boss's business? Yeah. That person that always works like they're getting, they got off work last week. They always work like they're retiring next month. There's something about that. When they see that, there's no zealous of good works. There's, there's nothing about that. People look at that and they, they move on by. But there's something about that individual that shows up to their marriage and they're excited. They show up to church and they're excited. They show up to their job and they're excited. And, and they, they do it with all their heart. And there's something special about that. There's something peculiar. That's a little weird when you see that person that everybody else talks about how much they hate the job, they hate the boss, and they're all just going on about everything they don't like. But you show up and you think, man, I'm so grateful for the job God gave me and, and I'm ready to work like five different people and I'll be like Elisha and I'll work with 12 yoke of oxen. Everybody else is lazy working with one, but I have one on every finger and I'll be plowing as hard as I can at this job. There's something about that when people see it. They, they want to know what else is good and pure in your life. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's continue on. Amen. There's purity in all levels of life. We need to have a pure conscience and we got to have pure motives. To the pure, all things are pure. In every area of life, we've got to have purity. We got to be genuine. We got to be 100%. Proverbs 30 and 12 tells us there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet they are not washed from their filthiness. Oh, I'm, I'm 100%. Oh, really? Let's talk about it for a moment. Oh, I'm pure, Pastor. I'm not just talking about morality. Oh, I'm apostolic to the bone until God requires one small thing. And then you're now 75% pure. It's like gasoline. You know, there's that high octane, really expensive. And then there's the, the rest of us that use the uh, unleaded extra ethanol. You know the reason that the high octane is expensive? It's pure. It's pure. And only the best cars and best engines run on pure oil and pure gas. You can't have any of this mingled gasoline. It will destroy the engine and it will not work at its optimal. I want to tell you as a child of God, God has created us to be those, those race cars. God has called us to be those jets, those fighter jets where we don't run on low octane and we don't run on, on, on mixed, uh, mixed gasoline and we don't run on ethanol and we don't run on additives, but we run 100% purity. And, and I don't ever want to get to the place where I can say, God, I'm pure, but it's only in my own eyes. And when other people see me in or out of the church, uh, I can tell everybody, I'm apostolic, but they look at me and they say, no, you're half apostolic. And I can tell them I, I've got a hallelujah, but I can tell just by looking at you, you got a hallelujah. And there's something that's impure about it. I don't ever want to get to the place where in my own eyes I'm pure, but yet I have not allowed God to purify me 100%. And there's areas of my life uh, that are not genuine. And I looked apart on Sunday, but come Monday morning, what flows out of my mouth and what flows through my mind is not apostolic and it's not holy and it's not of God. I never want to say I'm pure in my own eyes. I want God to completely purify me. I want to be 100. Oh, somebody got to give God praise today. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Come on, I want to be pure. I want to be pure. I want to be refined down to 100. Oh, come on, let's pray for a moment. Come on, when there's a refining, sometimes you lose some things. There's parts of yourself you're going to have to let die at the foot of the cross. There's some things you're going to need to let get buried under the waters of baptism because you've got to let those things go because it's making you an impure vessel. We've got to have purity. 2 Samuel 22 and 27, this is how God responds. With the pure, I will show myself pure as they're talking about God, and, and he, he's writing about God, with the pure, you will show yourself pure. 
But with the froward, you will show yourself unsavory. Have you ever wondered why some people come to church and they're so glad to be here? And other people look like they sucked on a lemon for six months. Because to the pure, God's going to show himself pure. But to those that are backwards and those that don't have a purity of spirit, he will show himself unsavory. When you have a conversation with somebody that doesn't believe in God, often you'll hear them and they'll talk about how judgmental God is and how judgmental the church is. And, and, and you wonder what's going on. They have not allowed God to purify their mind and purify their emotions and purify their hearts. And people have not allowed their conscience to become purified. And now they see God through this light that he is now unsavory. He uh, the Bible would say to those of us and we've heard it preached taste and see that the Lord he is good there's something that's salivating and savory about God when you come to church uh, and you come and you come and hear what felt feel what we felt on Sunday there's some people to them it was uncomfortable but to those of us that have tasted and seen that he's savory that he's pure that he's good that it's great uh, that there's nothing like it in all the world but others uh, they came into that same presence and it made them uncomfortable I'll tell you what happened they are letting the light of their impurities shine out and now they see God as being harsh God is being uncomfortable amen God is not coming into the building in two different ways but people are perceiving God through their purity or through their impurity but church we've got to pray through the Holy Ghost until we look at Jesus and say he's sweeter than the day before for. Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to a mortal. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. There's nothing like lifting my hands. There's nothing like praising God. There's a purity that comes when people give God praise. Somebody give him glory today. Oh, come on, let's magnify him. Come on, I feel him in this house. Let's stand across the building. I got a lot more we could teach, uh, but I want to help us here tonight uh, how you perceive God uh, through your purity or through your impurity is how you're going to see him. Well, let's pray. Let's pray for a moment. Oh, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to see God through impurity. I don't want to see God through my deficiencies, but I want to see God as he is. Man, I've seen it time and time again. There are, there, are, there are two different kinds of people that come. It's probably more than that. But, but there's a conversation at the door. One's coming, one's leaving. And one can't wait to leave the church. And the other one is can't wait to get into church. What's the difference? It's the same God. It's the same preaching. Pastor, that was terrible. Thankfully, I've never had anybody tell me that, even though they felt it. Uh, but, 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 but then there's that other person. I could have fumbled, said amen too many times, which I'm trying to work on. And that person's going, man, I've never heard it like that. What's the difference? They can come, and, 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 and the sound booth can, can, can be messing with the, the things, trying to fix the sound. And, and this person can be off-key, and one person, all they hear is the drummer offbeat. Our drummers are never offbeat. They're awesome. All of the rest of us, we're offbeat. Amen? Brother Troy, say amen. If you're going to clap, watch Brother Troy, Brother Brinson, some of those that are musicians. Watch them. Clap on beat, not offbeat. Somebody said amen. Amen? Okay. You're going to bang a tambourine, do it in time. Somebody said, amen. It's an instrument. Brother Johnson, I'm not taking your guitar from you. I don't know how to play. So I'm going to make sure he plays skillfully under the Lord, and I'm going to do it in time. I don't even know where I was. But, but okay, here we go. There's two different kinds of people. They, there's one that comes, and they show up, and they're looking for things they don't like. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. If you're searching for things you're not going to like about me, you won't have to search very long. If you're looking for things you don't like about the church, you won't have to look very long. You'll find it. In fact, it'll present itself to you. Shake your hand and step on your toes. 
But there's another group that show up to the exact same moment. And they'll see it through a different lens. And they'll see you. And they'll see you worshiping God. And to others, you might be annoying. But to them, they see you as liberated. What's the difference? Purity. What we felt on Sunday was God purifying His church. I want to go back to the genuine apostolic church. Not my opinion of the apostolic church. Not your opinion. Not our paradigm. Not your paradigm. Not the church you came from or the church I came from. But I'm talking about the Acts chapter 2 church. Amen. Where we can go back to the Bible. And, 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 and you know what? It may not. Our church, I hope, I hope our church is never like somebody else's church. I hope Apostolic Revival Center is, is authentic to what it is. You know what? I, I'm, off, I'm off on so many tangents, but I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I believe that God brought so many of us from so many different kinds of churches and so many different places, not so we can morph this place, amen, into a mini version of where you came from, but God brought us all to this place where we can bring our authenticity into this house, our purity in this house, and we can do something that's never been done. You believe that? Somebody ought to give God praise. I believe that with all my heart. I believe what God wants to do in this area is going to shake this region. And they're going to say, I've never seen anything like it. I've never heard it on this wise. I've never seen it done this way. That's all right. There might come a day where we don't do three songs in an offering. Come on. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost might want to boil us down and purify us. We may not have church the way we've always had church because that's where everybody else does it. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I got a lot we can talk about. I'll tell you what's going to happen in Apostolic Revival. I've been, I've been feeling it ever since Sunday. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to do a new thing. And I'm on board, God. Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to refine down in me, whatever extra additives you got to remove from me, whatever attitudes you got to remove, whatever thought processes you got to remove, boil me down, burn me up, purify me until I and the church here are exactly what you're looking for for this region. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, we're called to purity. Not just moral purity, but authenticity. Come on, somebody pray right now in the Holy Ghost. I, 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 came to just, I came to talk and teach, but I feel the prophesy to somebody. You need to let God move on you. And you need to let God boil you down and, and burn out whatever he's got to burn out so that you and I can be exactly what God's calling you and I to be. I believe there's a ministry in your life that God wants to extract, but he's got to get past all the impurities first. and He's got to boil it down to its bare essence and find the pure oil. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Tonight on a Wednesday night, God's saying, I want purity. I want purity. I want authenticity. I want 100%. Amen. God is not calling you to be somebody else, but God is calling you to be authentic to who you are. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to pray. There's a purity in this building. Come on, a purity of our worship that's not like everybody else's. It might have elements like everybody else's, but uh, a purity of prayer that might have some elements of other people's prayers, but it's not everybody. A, a purity of preaching, it might have some elements of other preaching, but it's not like that. A purity of altar calls, that it might have some elements of other people's altar calls, but there's something happening in ARC where it's pure. I believe with all my heart that God brought my wife and I to this house if for no other reason than to shake it up. Well, Pastor, we were doing great. Yes, you were. And yes, you are. But sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta add an, you gotta turn up the heat a little bit. 
to get the impurities out. Sometimes you got to add a chemical or something that's just going to agitate. And sometimes you got to change things up a little bit. If for no other reason than to purify exactly what God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house is not in my notes, but I feel like God wants to purify this group of people, amen, to do something that has never been done in this region. I believe God wants to purify us down to the place where we are 100% apostolic and 100% what God has called us to be. God's going to raise up people in this church that are going to start ministries that might make you just, it blows your mind. It doesn't make sense. That ministry doesn't, you try it in any other city, it won't work. But you do it here and it just takes off. There's, there's things God has been speaking to people. I feel Jesus right now. But right now, when you see it through your impure lens, God couldn't use me for that. But you got to let God boil it down and let God purify your eyes where you can see Him through the right lens. The Bible continues. I got more than we got time to talk about. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We don't even know yet. We'll talk about that another time. But we do know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Come on, anybody want to be like Jesus? I'll tell you why we're going to be like him. For as Paul said, we right now see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. Right now it's just through this darkened mirror. I can't, I can't see them exactly like I want to see them. But there's coming a day, Apostolic Revival Center, where we shall see him as he is. It's going to be a face to face interaction. And I, I believe that there's moments like we had on Sunday. And I believe we can have it again tonight. Where you get in the presence of God and you see him as he is. And it might be a momentary glimpse. Amen. But there's a purity you see in Jesus' eyes. Where you realize I've got to be like him. Amen. There's things in my life. They're not holy. They're not right. They're not of God. They're, they're, they're of this world. They're impure. But I, get, I went to an altar and I saw him as he was. And I said, I got to change that. And God, would you help me? And the Bible says, every man that has this hope in him purifies himself. Even, Brother Diaz, as he is pure. There's a purity that says, God, I want to see you as you are. And God, I want to I purify myself so I can be like you. And when I come to this altar, when I read your word, I want to see it in that mirror correctly. And God, I want to take the necessary, necessary steps to purify myself so I can be pure like you. It takes purity to be like Jesus. If you and I were to stand before Jesus right now face to face, I got a question. Would we be like him? Would we be pure like him? Would my conversation and how I talk be pure like him? Would my motives be pure like him? Would my activities be pure like him? Would my lifestyle be pure like him? Would the way I live be pure like him? And when you come to this altar tonight, it's an opportunity to, to take an evaluation and say, God, I know you're calling me to another level. And God, I'm going to come to this altar and I'm going to get a glimpse of what I could be. And I'm going to get a glimpse of what I should be. The pure version of what I am. And the pure version of who you are. And God, I want to take the necessary steps, God. Amen. And I want to purify myself. Somebody pray right now. Amen. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. I want to open up this altar. Would you come tonight? I, I got a lot more we could talk about, but I want to help us. Amen. With this purity subject. God, I want to be genuine to what you're calling me to be. I want my ministry to be genuine to what you're calling me to be. You didn't call me to imitate 
imitate anything or anybody, uh, but you call me to be what you've called me to be, God. Uh, I, I want the church here to be pure. Uh, I want it to be genuine, God. Uh, I want it to be authentic uh, to what you've called us to be. Somebody pray right now. Right now you're getting a glimpse of what you could be. Uh, you're getting a glimpse of the purity of, of spirit that you could be. Uh, amen. When you're pure in heart, you'll see him tonight. When you come with a purity of heart, you'll see him as he is. Somebody pray. Come on. Let God refine you tonight. Let God remove all the contaminants. Let God undilute your spirit. Let God make all the flaws flawless. Let him take all the falsehoods out and replace it with truth. Let him clarify you down. Let him distill you. Let him filter you down. Let him purify you, uncloud you, make you what he called you to be. Come on, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus as they sing. Let God purify you. Let God purify you. Come on, you're going to be like Jesus. You're going to be like Jesus. When you pray right now, you're praying, God, let me see you as you are so I can purify myself, so I can be as pure as you. Pray in the Holy Ghost. This is pure prayer, pure worship.
Come on, let's lift up our hands. Let's pray right now. Come on, there's a purity of spirit in this house. Somebody pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and pray this. Come on, whatever it takes, Jesus. somebody understand what I'm talking about here tonight.